Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball. I am Damian Barling. Thank you so much for downloading and streaming. Thank you so much for listening wherever you may be. Can't thank you enough. If you're brand new to the show, welcome. We're so happy to have you. If you dig what you're listening to, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We're going to be dropping new episodes multiple times a week. We're going to be dropping post-game episodes when the season gets here. Uh, we'll have all sorts of content and interviews for you. Uh, Aaron Bruski is going to join me here uh, in just a couple of minutes to talk about the Sacramento Kings, to talk about Buddy Heald, a potential contract extension, and to talk about some cap issues that the Sacramento Kings may be facing if we hit the utopia with these draft picks. So we'll get to that here uh, in just a heartbeat. A little bit of recommended reading for Sacramento Kings fans. My man James Hamm posted a couple of great articles this week. Uh, one about De'Aaron Fox and kind of making that jump. He made a jump, obviously, from year one to year two. What type of jump will he make going in to year three? I thought that was a fantastic read, as, uh, as it always is from James Hamm. Also had some great stuff there on Corey Joseph. So that's over on my Twitter feed, at Damian Barling. And, uh, of course, you can follow James Hamm. And I'm sure if you're a Kings fan, you probably already do that. Uh, happy to bring in my man Aaron Bruski of hoop Ball. Com. You just got all of the fantasy stuff launched. I know that was a tremendous success. Congratulations on that. Can we start uh, with maybe what you learned about the Sacramento Kings in fantasy basketball this year? Wow. Well, um, I, you know, we keep a lot of this stuff under our hat because in, in the fantasy world, uh, when we release our ranks, the markets actually move, uh, you know, and, and it's kind of weird to say that um, I play in these high stakes leagues as well. And all my competition, they buy my draft guide or our draft guide, I should say, uh, especially this year, since uh, so many people contributed and I haven't done quite as much for a few various reasons. Um, but the, uh, the markets move. So we keep it all under our hat, but you know, it's a Kings podcast, probably not as many fantasy listeners on here. And, you know, I've got a, an affinity in my heart for Sacramento. So I'll just say that I'm very excited about the fantasy prospects with one small caveat, you know, Luke Walton's history in Los Angeles. He he had some issues with playing time. He didn't play Julius Randle. He didn't play Brooke Lopez. Uh, some of his rotations were questionable there. I don't know if he came with sort of the warning label that Dave Yeager came with that we warned everybody about, you know, X amount of years ago saying, hey, there could be playing time issues here. Um, but, you know, all that aside, like, wow, just wow. That's, I guess I, I can't say wow enough for the fantasy aspect of some of the guys that you would think that I would be talking about on the Kings roster. I'm trying to hedge here a little bit. I don't sure. want to give away the farm. Sure. But, but yeah, no, I've actually I've had to tell people to kind of tamp it down a little bit. <laughs> Because we don't want to give everything away too soon. You know, it's funny. You mentioned Luke Walton and, and kind of the Dave Yeager thing. And go, go back to our you know first conversation on the first episode uh, of the Sacramento Kings podcast here. You were talking about Luke Walton being a wild card. As, as part of the interview process, doesn't it have to be, you know, talked about with Vlade and the entire, you know, general manager crew that they have? Like, hey, we had some issues with rotations last year. Like one of our best players wasn't even starting. That can't be an issue this year. Isn't that something that had to have been said or maybe already discussed? You know, yeah, I think so. But it's it's funny because Vlade was pretty complicit in a lot of that. You know, he, he, I think, you know, where he comes from in his playing days, you know, you had to earn your minutes. This is an old school versus new school approach. You see it all the time. A guy like Scott Brooks is kind of the classic one. 
coaching Washington right now. He's the guy that played Kendrick Perkins over Serge Ibaka in all those playoff games. And it was basically because Serge Ibaka hadn't earned it yet, air quotes. And that's just the attitude of a lot of coaches is like, you might be better. You know, you might be better for us right now, but I'm not going to give it to you. And that was the case with Marvin Bagley last year. I just um, don't and, get that. And, you know, the bench needed his scoring pop, but he, he look, Bagley, first of all, I, I love saying this. I, I was completely just wrong about Bagley as far as his sort of upside, his defensive ability is just, you know, I think at some point in time, you know, he must have added 10, 15 pounds of strength throughout the season. So physically where he was getting muscled around the paint, you know, even in, in summer league, you know, he just kept growing, yeah. you know, he just kept getting stronger. Um, but yeah, you know, and there was a, there was a point in time where Bagley looked unstoppable prior to the knee injury. And that would have been the time that you would have just hit the go button and given them 30 plus minutes and said, Hey, you know, not only are you giving us the best chance to win, you're, you know, you're absolutely earning it. Um, so with Bagley, you know, he's a guy that I think, you know, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if they didn't say to Luke, Hey, you know, this is a guy we want to have played this season. Um, same thing with Darren Fox. The one that I'm a tiny bit concerned of or concerned with because of the log jams. I mean, the log jams here are going to be an issue all season. Um, but Buddy healed, you know, Will he, because it's happened to him in the past, you know, there's been this sort of like, okay, buddy, you can get 27 minutes and, you know, that's enough for you. Mm -hmm. And he's really, I've had a hard time trying to figure out who the, who, how to distinguish who the best player on the team is. And sometimes I think it's Buddy Heald. Sometimes I think it's De'Aaron Fox. And this season it might even end up being Marvin Bagley. But with Buddy Heald, he is just probably, he's in the mix for best shooter in the NBA. Um, you know, I know that's sacrilegious with Steph and clay and all that, but his shooting ability is, is at that level defensively. I thought he brought it in, in a, in a way that nobody expected, um, size wise, he's growing and it almost looks like he might be trying to pack on pounds to get some small forward minutes. Maybe that's what's going on here, but you got these guys that got to play, you know, the, for off the bench guys that are used to getting, you know, Trevor Reese used to get 34 minutes per game. That's what he got last year. Is oh really yeah, but play? man, we ain't that no more. Like Trevor Ariza shouldn't be playing bigger minutes than Buddy Heald. Well, well, that was a Scott Brooks thing, by the way. Um, also, but it could happen, you know. Like if he plays twenty five minutes per game, they're gonna be, you know, log jammed up. So, with I, I look at Buddy and I kind of worry about that a little bit. I do think that conversation was had as far as we got to keep Marvin happy and we got to keep De'Aaron happy. I don't know about with Buddy and, um, hmm. you know, and, and, and then you go back to the old school thing. Vladi might be fine, you know, with a little bit of competition at different positions. So we'll just have to see how that goes. But for my money, I don't know how you don't have those three guys on the floor for over 30 minutes per game. To me, that's the core. The three guys mm -hmm. that you just named and the odd man out. Like I, I know Kings fans love the guy, but for me, the odd man out is always bogey. Like we used to ask the question, like who, if there was a player on the roster that wound up being the, you know, the J will, the guy that you really like and, and was good, but you knew you had to trade him to get something back that would help you get to that next level. Like the Kings did with, with Jason Williams and Mike Bibby. I always thought the answer is bogey. Bogey is probably, you know, coveted around the league, but you kind of, you've got enough here to where if you could flip him for something else, it would work. I never thought buddy would be, 
I feel like Buddy is 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 a guy you can't compromise with, J- just like no. De'Aaron and just like Bagley. Well, so here let's look at Buddy. He, this this guy has been able to improve his lateral quickness and his strength, and he stayed in front of most players that he defended last year. And when you have that that guy, and especially with his approach to defense, he doesn't take plays off. He's constantly sprinting. I mean, the only criticism you might have is that he's kind of moving a little too fast. So isn't uh, there, there's a stat out there that I was, that I was looking at on second spectrum that he's like, he runs more in terms of distance than any player in the NBA. Oh, I mean, and you could just, uh, you don't even need the stats to know that. I mean, I would just be astounded with plays where, especially given the pace that the Kings are playing at. I mean, they are, and he's the driver of that. Him, taking a play that he should most players would just be walking back he is sprinting back and then making an impact making a second effort making a third effort you see some of this workout stuff you see it all summer long with players and you know you kind of laugh and roll your eyes but with buddy you you watch stuff and you're like man take a day off dude you're gonna hurt yourself I, i think he was on a trampoline doing you know like an oklahoma drill while shooting three basketballs at the same time. <laughs> and he does look like he's put on weight, but defensively his, his growth there, um, you know, it's, it's nothing short of spectacular. So when you combine that with the shooting and then improved finishing ability, man. And, and I do think that as a backcourt, him and Darren Fox, I know that the Portland backcourt had a very nice playoffs and, and that probably bumps them up over, you know, th- these two guys, at least temporarily, um, this upcoming season, I wouldn't rank them that way. I, I know Dame Lillard is Dame Lillard, but when you compare Buddy Heald to CJ McCollum, you know, McCollum can score, McCollum can shoot, but he can't play defense. And, and he's not given that kind of effort. And, you know, with Fox, he, he's a special player that if the Kings maintain that, that fast pace identity and just let him be Fox, you know, man, that's, that's a combo. And you start adding some of these other pieces, the pick and roll, you know, a guy like Rashawn Holmes, I know that it's broken record time with me and probably be like that all year long. You know, you're putting pressure vertically on the rim and you've got a speed player in Darren Fox that's going to force a double team on the ball handler. So not only is, is Rashawn Holmes open on the vertical cut, but if, if Fox, and he's done this already, he did it all last year, if he can skip the ball across the Buddy Hield, who also is going to be either – shaded towards or wide open but if he's shaded towards whoever the fourth and fifth guys are in that equation they're gonna get layups so it's it's an exciting time i think for kings fans and uh yes i will be putting quite a bit of money on the over as well you mentioned okay okay that's that's good i, to know. Gotta, I want to throw i want to throw that out there <laughs> okay that that's is good to know you mentioned cj mccollum uh when we spoke last time cj had just gotten his contract extension i don't remember the exact numbers it was 100 million i don't remember if it was 100 million plus or not but it was definitely 100 million and the first thing that that got me thinking about was, okay, but he healed. He's going to be next for the Sacramento Kings. What does his market look like? I mean, he's had one, you, you could probably argue, great season as an NBA player. Are we looking at, at a Buddy Heald max contract in the next year? This is where some of the back office stuff, it's not even kind of germane to the Kings. It's it's literally everywhere. Sometimes it's sort of tinfoil hat stuff as well is where you think, you know, maybe they'll they'll throttle him back a little bit to to soften his market, you know, and teams kind of, you see, you see it happen around the league and you think, is that intentional or are they just kind of not knowing what they're doing? Um, 
the only thing that can stop his market is if he gets played like 26, 27 minutes per game, you know, the numbers are sort of depressed as a result of that. But other than that, I mean, there are really smart teams around the league that are just going to pop one tape in, into the VHS. Like it's old school and they're going to, they're going to look and they're going to see, yeah, he can defend and he can shoot and he can do all these different things that are, you know, almost one or two of them alone would put him into the conversation of a deal like CJ McCollum. So I think, you know, this, this is going to be the case where it's going to be sort of not max extension. Cause I don't know if he can do that on this team, but uh, you know, it could get to that point just because, Shooting is such a premium in the NBA. If you are the best shooter in the league and you have these other skill sets, or if you're in that conversation to be the best shooter in the league, I think the numbers could get silly. And and I think the Kings would be silly if they they didn't do it. Um, you know that that core that you mentioned is a really strong core. Yeah. You know the personalities, the the work ethic, what they're bringing to the table um, for the future. It's a huge marketing advantage for the Kings. They got those three guys. They can get other free agents. So they got to do the deal. So a utopia perspective here, everything works out the way the Kings want in terms of, okay, buddy, he has the season. Uh, we want him to this year. He winds up being a max guy. De'Aaron and Bagley work out, you know, beyond our expectations. They wind up being max guys. What, does does that put the Sacramento Kings like what type of Sacramento Kings uh, cap situation are we looking at if all three of those guys wind up living up to their expectations? I mean, I know that's, that's a deep you, that's a deep get, projection, well, but it gets tight. You know, you're looking at kind of like the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, from a few years back and kind of how they structured their team. Um, you know, you got to at this point, you got to get guys on on low end deals that are smart fits. You know, not the aging veteran that's going to be over the hill this season or next. You're talking like, you know, I, 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 screw it. I'll just go with Rashawn again. Yeah, the <laughs> younger guy that's under undervalued on the market. They should have locked him up for three, four years. You know, that kind of a thing where you can get out there and find the guy that's that's totally undervalued, get him in on that lower end deal, um, surround these guys with quality players, and then they're going to have to go into the tax. And then I know that's kind of a crazy thought for those around the team, you know, the idea that that would be a part of this, you know, this squad here. But once you figure out you've got your core, then you got to pay up. And then that becomes a question of, you know, will, will ownership, you know, actually start to dole out those, those tax dollars. Um, the bill can get pretty dang high. So uh, that is a good problem to have a good question to be asking if your, your team's willing to go there. And and they're probably going to wait and see. You know, can this team make the playoffs before they start thinking like that? Well, that that was my. That's what I was going to ask you: is can you go into the tax? Like, what what are what are we two two years away from that? Three years away from that? Can you go into the tax if you don't have a playoff appearance? (laughs) I I mean, it's it's a funny question. You look at the West, and you you. I mean, I'm not high on Dallas this year, but I'll be higher on them next year. You know, Oklahoma City isn't nearly as bad as people think. Maybe they're going to be significantly better this next year. You, you got to start looking around going, well, it's going to be a fight for them to get in. And what happens if, you know, they're right on the verge the next couple of years and then you've got to renew De'Aaron and you've got to renew Marvin Bagley and then you've got to sign someone to put you over the top. I think you've got to pay those three guys. That's But then the question becomes what do they want in order to stay? Cause we've seen players push their way out of cities, you know, throughout the last 10 years, it's no shock. Um, these guys don't profile like those guys that might, you know, 
thumb their noses at Sacramento. I don't but you rarely see it, it like on they... the second deal, though. Or you see, you usually see it like late in the second deal. You don't normally see it at the beginning of the second deal. Yeah, that, and then I don't see any indication of that with these guys. And um, you know, basically, they're they're the 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 pressure will be okay. Do we go out and we make these signings, the supplementary signings? Do we make these signings to keep these guys happy? And then they're bad deals, you know, big name guys. And players also are terrible judges of talent. You know, they will promote the guys they would like the team to bring in. And are those guys good? You know, I don't I don't know what these threes you know, player personnel, you know, le- where their levels are at. Um, you know, I know when like LeBron James brings guys in, it's a hilarious mix of Rondo and this yeah. guy and that guy. And it's not a good mix, but they all have names. And, you know, a lot of times NBA players will favor other scorers. Um, you know, the construction of that second iteration, who are they bringing in? Who are they going into the tax for? If they're out of the playoffs, they don't make it this year. You know, and, and, you know, they're looking at this and they're in the same spot the following year where people just aren't quite sure they can make it. Yeah, it does become a question, but I, I don't think like if this team doesn't make the playoffs this year, I think it will be, be not because of the talent. It won't be because of the players. They, they got a lot of talent on this team. Corey Joseph is just such a quality ad. You know, Holmes is, is really solid. You're going to get a second season out of, of Harry Giles. You know, hopefully he can hang in. And, uh, you know, do some stuff there. They're deep. You know, they got good players. If they don't make the playoffs this year, it'll be because of something internal. It'll be because the coaching didn't quite jibe. It'll be because, you know, there might have been some sort of gripe with the front office and the coaching staff. You know, stuff we've seen in the past from the Kings. But if everything's copacetic on that that end, I, I, I have them in. Did you, you've got a little one on the way. Do you guys have matching Rashawn Holmes jerseys on, on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the registry? Cause I'll be happy to order those if you don't, if you don't have them. You yet. know what's, you know what's funny? I may or may not have been invited to the Holmes family thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, He's got a lot of, of family members too. And they, they constantly like my tweets. So I, I, I know who Dr. Rashawn Holmes or no, it's the Dr. Richard Holmes, I believe. And then, and then the mom is also a doctor, I believe. Um, and, and she's a spitfire. I heard her on a podcast. So no, no, no. If you want to, sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You heard Rashawn Holmes mother on a podcast. I did. Uh, when, when he was in Philly, you know, and, and his story in Philly was really just kind of fascinating. He, he gave him really quality minutes. He won us a lot of money, by the way, in fantasy <laughs> leagues. Um, we knew we knew about Rashawn Holmes about two and a half years ago, and then it took everybody else two and a half years to figure it out. He um, he had this real strong finish with Philly, and then the Colangelos completely screwed that team up, brought in Amir Johnson, who's a Colangelo guy, and um, benched him. And then they gave him away to Phoenix and Philly went nuts. You know, like the guys that the, the super fans, the guys that knew the team and understood the team, they went nuts. Cause it's like, you're giving this guy away. You're not playing this guy. He actually got um, hurt by Aaron Baines in preseason. And it kind of opened the door for all this to fall apart for him. Um, so yeah, no, we, we, we all know over here at Hoopball, we all know Rashawn Holmes. He made us a lot of money. And uh, like and last year when he was with uh, Phoenix, it was a running joke here because the, the Suns would be losing, you know, by 10 by the time he would enter the game. And then he would enter the game. Everything would go extremely well. 
And then they would, he would bring them back. He would leave. And then Aiton would come back in and they'd start losing again. It just rinse, lather and repeat all night. Every night. It was really hilarious. And that the Kings actually ended up with him is just one of those weird phenomena. It's the first time I think the Kings have done something that I would have recommended, you know, at least in 10 years. Clearly I'm doing this podcasting thing wrong. I need to get, uh, Mrs. Dr. <laughs> Holmes uh, on the air. Get her on the pod. I, I think just, she would probably show up. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. We need to get this done. Um, you know, just one more thing about those contract extensions, because you were talking about De'Aaron and, and, and the type of player that these guys are. One of the reasons I was disappointed in De'Aaron withdrawing from USA Basketball, and not that this still can't be you know, the case, but I feel like De'Aaron Fox might, because you talked about the hodgepodge of players that LeBron James likes to bring in. I feel like with De'Aaron, he's going to wind up being a guy that an, a, a top-tier player wants to play with. With a guy who hits the open market and goes, you know, I really need a great, whether it's a big man or, or a four or whatever the case may be, or four or five, they're going to look at De'Aaron Fox and go, that's the type of guy I want to play with. Yeah, and that's why you got to, I think that there's no question you got to keep all three of those guys. Who doesn't want to play with a guy that runs hard? I mean, all of those guys play really hard and and have those physical attributes. Um, I mean, the only reason you wouldn't want to play with those guys is if you're concerned about how many touches do I get? You know, what are my numbers? You know, and those are the kinds of guys you don't really, I mean, you can take those guys and they're not all bad, but those are the guys that, you know, you don't necessarily want to have on your team. I think it's a great marketing strategy for free agents you know if you talk about sacramento's got to pay up for free agents which i don't buy it i I understand the concept i don't buy it i wouldn't do it Mm -hmm. but if you're um you know if you're in that position if you have those three guys oh man and that's another reason you want to play them 30 plus minutes per game is you do want them to get the accolades you do want them to get the all-star you do want them to get you know whatever scoring numbers and all that doubt you want them to have that so they get pumped up so other guys are pumped up to come into Sacramento and play with them. I'm forming this question in my head, and I realize it might sound weird, but is there any chance that De'Aaron's year one to year two jump is actually detrimental moving forward into this year? Because I think people expect, oh, he's going to make another jump. Or I think people look at the jump that he made from his rookie year to his, his sophomore year, and they think, well, that's what Marvin Bagley is going to do. That's why we're going to be so good. What De'Aaron did in year number two was totally abnormal. Like that jump was so big, particularly defensively. He got so much better defensively that he looked like he, he looked like a four or five year vet at, at, at certain points last season. And I read different articles about him going like, I don't think he can do that again. Can he? So can I, I mean, I, I think this team got a lot of energy from not having Zach Randolph on the floor. You know, that previous season, mm-hmm. Randolph was clogging up the lane, not running back on defense. When he was back on defense, it was four on five. He was holding the ball. I mean, he, he would literally blow up every pattern. And then when the Kings would lose, everybody sort of in the media would circle up and say, oh, it's because of the kids. <laughs> right. You know, it, I think that kind of energy sort of really w- held them back. And when when Jaeger said, hey, let's run. First of all, all credit to him because I didn't really kind of think of that. I don't think a lot of people thought of that. And you, when you hear that, you think, oh, okay, everybody says that. Mm-hmm. They really meant it. 
and they did it on an executional standpoint of guys like Buddy Hill grabbing the board off the glass, literally not caring what the hell was next to him and just sprinting with a dribble and passing the ball ahead, doing all those things. You know, I think that makes you want to play defense harder. I think it opens things up for you. You know, that was, I tweeted out a play of Darren Fox where he was defending the ball handler and also defending the post entry pass. He was digging back and forth. He dug back and forth about five times. It felt like, and then made the play and then scored on the other end. And it was just this incredible energy thing. So I think that energy sort of kind of opened and unlocked all of their games. Um, the jump that he made, the, the, the thing we'll be looking for this upcoming year, which he showed this last year, he had his, an incredible step back um, three pointer in the making, you know, and it's left-handed. So it's really, you know, just like this tough to cover thing. If he develops anything out of that, you know, cause if you do have to give that respect, you have no chance whatsoever of covering him left, right, coming off a pick, you're just done. And so that's what we'll be looking out of for him. Um, you know, Marvin Bagley, I don't know if he caught his most recent song he put out. Um, I thought there was this really uh, telling lyric in there at the end. He's like, why am I going to change something yeah. that you can't stop right. yet? Yeah. And I'm really looking to see. It was just cool because that's like, first of all, I really like what he's doing, you know, out there with music. I don't know if it's, you know, good or not. It is. Know, these, His album is I, really good. Like, I, it, it's not athlete good. Like, it's it's music good. And I was looking for, I had talked about this, I think, on one of the previous podcasts is I was hoping for like a little bit of diversity in the album. I think a lot of athlete hip hop artists, they, they, they have a style and they stick with that style. Bagley has the ability, like he changes his sound. And that, that's what I was talking about. Like, I love the way Kendrick Lamar sounds J Cole. Cause they all can have a, a different pace, a different style, a different sound. Bagley, his album has songs that sound different. I thought he did a hell of a job with his first, his first full well, full length record release. I'm just impressed. That he stood toe to toe with Dane. I mean, Dame is really good, and I'm not a, I'm not a music guy. I want to I want to be a music guy. I just don't have time to be a music guy. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, I heard Dame's stuff, and I'm like, okay, yeah, he can do it. Um, but like, so he he hung tough there, and then um, he seems to work hard at it. And that's to me like in any profession, any sort of artistic endeavor, if you really work at it, you're gonna get there. And it seems like he's getting there. But that one lyric really, because I've always wondered, it's like, man, why you go left every single time? If you had any semblance of a right hand, you know, wow, that unlocks everything. But here he comes into the league and nobody can stop his left-handed jump hook. Like nobody, nobody can get, if you think Dwight Howard at his peak when he was a defensive player of the year, Maybe you had the leaping ability to to challenge a shot like that, but not anybody in the league right now. And then so he goes and he says that at, at the end of his song. And I'm like, oh, I get it. You're really committed to this. Like you're probably never going to go right for like the next two to three years because nobody can stop your left. So it's an interesting sort of sort of subplot is like, does he actually develop a right? And, um, you know, where does his game go from here? I know he wants to shoot more, but, um, you know, he's unstoppable in some, in certain respects and how that mixes with De'Aaron, you know, does he go in and sort of do what Zach Randolph was doing, which is clog the paint. He'll be much better at it, but, or can they create a system that's open, you know, where when he does flash across the lane that it's wide open and he's got that one-on-one. -on -one. And if he can just get to the left hand for just even a split second, it's kind of over. You start to see the makings of an unstoppable offense. I know you and the the hoopball team have been diving into you know all of the rosters around the league. Uh, besides, 
besides the obvious in Rashawn Holmes, who's the most important free agent acquisition for the Kings this upcoming season? Hmm. The most important free agent acquisition for the Kings this season. That's a good one. That is a really good one. It might be Dwayne Dedman. Okay. Um, he's going to play a lot. You know, they gave him money. He's probably the guy you want to start out there. Um, he's never handled a lot of minutes. He's uh, got some injury concerns. He's maybe a tiny bit overvalued. Um you know, given that he was just playing in kind of a bad team situation, um, you know, nobody got up for Atlanta. In fact, when teams go to Atlanta, you know, they basically go out to the clubs and <laughs> they uh, they give their C game. Atlanta. In the, oh, yeah. And uh, so, but like if he is either ineffective or just not really doing much on offense, um, you know, he's going to he's going to camp out in the corner and he's going to shoot some threes and that's probably going to work out for the Kings. But if he struggles, like the front court surrounding Marvin is, is to me the biggest question mark. I don't know what we're going to get out of Harry Giles this upcoming year. He has so much talent sort of oozing. And then at the same time, can you harness it? You know, a lot of it was like off rhythm, you know, and uh, which is kind of crazy for such a talented player. Um, so if those two struggle, are they able to go to the bullpen and um, do they play Nemanja Bialica? So, like, if, if Dwayne Dedman's playing really well, then I think a lot of those questions get answered themselves. They don't play Nemanja. You know, they'll probably alternate minutes, you know, workloads with Harry Giles and Rashawn Holmes, and things will move pretty well. But if it starts getting stagnant there, you see some struggles. I feel like that's only kind of their only weak point. Other than Trevor Ariza, you know, Ariza really struggled last year. And, and it wasn't just like, it was like everything. It was his shot selection. He thought he was the man in Phoenix. And then he went to Washington and, and, and Scott Brooks said, you're going to be the man here too. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was not good. And I don't think anybody liked playing with him, to be honest. Mm. Um, uh, so does he fit in? And, Is he and I still think- a good defender? I know he was. And I, and, and I, I, and I feel like his, his most memorable moment was you know, the conference finals against it was the nuggets. That was like 11 years ago. <laughs> like, I'm not God. sure that he's that guy. You know, it's funny when I really kind of broke in, we were wondering, this was about a decade ago. We were wondering if he was going to hang, like he was so beat up injured. And then he just rattled off all these seasons where he played a bunch of games and played heavy minutes, like 33, 34, 35 minutes per game. Some of that's not having a lot of usage in places like Houston um, but I, I would say this, he, he could probably dial it up for a big game and he could probably dial it up. Like if they, if they play him, you know, 20 minutes a game and keep it real, like he could be extremely effective knowing that, Hey, I don't have to worry about foul trouble. I can just, you know, give everything I got in these 20 minutes and really get after it. Will he do that? How was he brought in is always the big question. What was he promised to come to Sacramento? And uh, I think to answer your question, honestly, I don't think he's an above average defender anymore. You got to do, you do got to look at the tape. What do you give every night? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we'll see. I think, but in a playoff series, oh yeah, I want him on my team. Sure. He requires a lot of help on the defensive end. And and it it was glaring last year in Washington because he wasn't getting it. And that was, you know, that's an, that's an indictment of, of Washington and everything that was going on there. And just perhaps a magnifying glass on, 
you know, Trevor Ariza is not the guy he was in, 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 in Los Angeles and perhaps not even the guy he was, you know, in his first or early stint in Phoenix. And it, it's unfair to expect him uh, to be that guy. Um, congratulations, Brew, on the launch of all of the, the fantasy stuff, the fantasy guy that's all available at hoop-ball.com. I had no idea when I was joining the Hoop Ball family I was getting involved with such degenerate gamblers, but uh, I'm super <laughs> excited for it, man. You guys seem to be very good at this stuff, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it, man. So congratulations on that. Come, come over to the dark side, nope. man. We just we nope. just formed a partnership with my bookie. You could mm-hmm. you could come on in. You just it's just a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it won't hook you. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure, I'm sure because that's how it works. Like gambling does not suck you in at all. Uh, no, it's just a one-time thing, man. Totally, totally. I'm just gonna bet this one time, uh, and I'll be good to go. Thanks, Brewski. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Aaron Brewski again. Hoop-ball.com is the website, and I say hoop-ball because you actually got to put a dash in there. Don't spell it out. Just use the dash sign. Hoop-ball. Com. Always great to have Brewski on. Uh, I feel like we should mention this before we sign off and say goodbye. DeMarcus Cousins was in the news uh, this week. Former Sacramento King DeMarcus Cousins was in the news this week, and that news uh, has not been good. I'm sure everybody is aware of the story by now. Uh, he threatened to put an effing bullet in the head of his ex-girlfriend slash baby mama. Uh, a warrant in Mobile, Alabama has been issued for his arrest. And this is kind of where we'll just leave it. No matter, I understand a lot of people listening to this are huge DeMarcus Cousins fans. I know a lot of people listening to this are so appreciative of what DeMarcus Cousins did for the community. I've read a lot of people who are adamant that DeMarcus Cousins wasn't in the wrong and the girl was recording him and was baiting him and uh, it was an emotional situation and you shouldn't get in trouble for being in an emotional situation. You can't, you can't tell people you're going to put a bullet in their head. It's it's just like I can't say that to you. You can't say that to me. Uh, you can't say it on social media. I I can't say it to you over the phone. I can't say that's it's a crime. Like you can't do that. And it's not the police officer's job. It's not the Los Angeles Lakers' job. It's not my job. It's not your job. It's not Adam Silver's job to determine the credibility of that threat. You can't do that. That's the end of the story. Leave the woman completely out of this because she's not a part of the NBA. If this was uh, random baby daddy A and random baby mama B, this isn't a story and it wouldn't matter. But it's DeMarcus Cousins and his ex-girlfriend and his son. And you can feel however you want to about that exchange. You can't threaten to shoot people. That's, that's the end of the story. There is no explanation for it. There is no way to rationalize it. What the arrest will mean, little. It'll mean very little. But still, you can't threaten people like that. This may very well be, you know, the ACL injury. When you look at the trajectory of DeMarcus Cousins' career, when you look at the trajectory of, of DeMarcus Cousins' career, since being traded by the Sacramento Kings. Going to New Orleans. Now there's conflicting reports about whether New Orleans offered him a deal post Achilles tear. And I'm of the belief now that that story that came out, that was not real. And I've heard enough behind the scenes that has led me to believe that there's nothing to that story. It was completely fabricated. 
But New Orleans decided, you know, we're just, we're washing our hands of this. We're not going to trash DeMarcus Cousins on his way out. We're not going to leak information about DeMarcus Cousins on the way out. He's no longer a member of this team. We're out of the DeMarcus Cousins business. He goes to Golden State for whatever he wound up signing for. Things ended the way that they ended there. And Golden State, I believe they had just washed their hands and said, we're out of the DeMarcus Cousins business. We're not going to trash him. We're not going to say a single thing about him. We're just out of the business. And now he signs with the Los Angeles Lakers for a vet minimum. Now think about that for a second. This was before his injury. This was before the quad injury. This was, or I'm sorry, this was after the quad injury. This was before the ACL injury. But he was back working out. He was motivated. And I thought he was going to be, you know, ready to go and was going to be an integral part of the Los Angeles Lakers. I didn't know how that chemistry experiment was going to work. I know him and Rondo get along very well. Uh, per- perhaps too well in that Rondo just loves to give it to the ball to DeMarcus Cousins. And, well, you've got LeBron James on your team, so you better figure out that issue pretty quickly. But now I'm of the mindset DeMarcus Cousins' career may very well be over. Adam Silver has to punish him, and Adam Silver has to punish him severely because of the, you know, he's got a league to protect. And the NBA, to this point, has been the anti-NFL. The NFL, they talk a big game. They talk a big, good game. But they don't act on any of it. Adam Silver does. Adam Silver instituted a domestic violence policy. And think about that for a second. Just go back to Darren Collison. Go back to Darren Collison being suspended by the Sacramento Kings. Or being suspended, excuse me, by the NBA when he was a member of the Sacramento Kings. How much of Darren Collison's arrest or how much of that domestic violence issue do you know about? How much of it do we know about? Even in the, like, very, very little. Adam Silver doesn't care. Adam Silver knew the details, and whether it was a small incident or a major incident, he was suspended by the uh, letter of the law of the NBA's domestic violence program or domestic violence uh, suspension guide. Adam Silver has to react to this, and he has to react firmly and swiftly as he does, as, as he's always done during his tenure as commissioner. And DeMarcus Cousins is, should have a very lengthy suspension because of this. Tyreek Hill, uh, a repeat offender in the NFL, told his girlfriend she should be terrified of him. That's different. They didn't act on that, but that's different than saying, I'm going to put a bullet in your head. And allegedly, he added, uh, I could get rid of you and not even get my hands dirty. You can't make those types of threats. No matter how you feel about DeMarcus Cousins, no matter how you feel about the situation with his ex-girlfriend, no matter how you feel about his son not being able to be be at his wedding, you can't say things like that. And you really can't say things like that when you're a high-profile athlete. DeMarcus Cousins still is a high-profile athlete. And Adam Silver and the NBA, they have to protect their league. DeMarcus Cousins' career, whether he wanted it to or not, may very well be over. Appreciate you for being here today. Uh, Great conversation with Aaron Brewski. Absolutely love talking to him. For all your basketball needs, for all your fantasy needs, check out hoop-ball.com. You can check out the Hoop Ball uh, Podcast Network. They got a fantasy podcast that is just an absolute monster so if you're into fantasy basketball if you're into gambling uh, that is absolutely the podcast for you if you're new here 
can't thank you enough for being here. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Uh, if you got a couple of uh, seconds, you can review it as well. If you got a split second and you're on Apple Podcasts, just hit that five-star rating. I cannot express uh, how important that is, how important those ratings and reviews are for us. So go uh, take care of that. We're available on Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, wherever you get podcasts from. We are available as the season approaches. Tell your friends about what we got going on here. Any feedback, you can hit our 24-7 text line, 916-888-5898. That comes directly to me. I will respond to you. 916-888-5898. For your daily sports talk needs, check out the podcast with Damian Barling. It is available here on the very same podcast platforms in which you are listening to this one here. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll see you next time here on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball.